Hello brothers and sisters, it's Brother John and today I want to talk a little bit about the sudden destruction that is going to come upon Jerusalem the day that we get raptured and also talk about the day of God's vengeance and how that ties to the timing of the rapture. But before I get into that, I got a quick update about Saudi Arabia normalizing ties with Israel which I believe will lead to Saudi Arabia joining the Abraham Accords and allowing Israel permission to build the third temple. Saudi always said that normalization with Israel would not happen until Palestine had their own state in Jerusalem. However, in the latest turn of events, Saudi is now saying that there is another way to normalize ties with Israel that is not dependent on Israel recognizing a Palestinian state. But this all depends on the U.S. accepting their three conditions so that they can normalize ties with Israel without the need for solving the Palestinian-Israel conflict. The first condition is affirmation of a U.S.-Saudi alliance. Condition number two is weapons supply to Riyadh on par with NATO members. And condition number three is permission to have a civilian nuclear program. So all of this means that normalization is no longer dependent on solving the Israel-Palestinian conflict, which is huge. This means that in the near future, it's highly likely that Saudi will join the Abraham Accords. And not only that, but normalizing ties with Israel and Saudi will lead to Israel being allowed to build the temple. And Israel will believe that they are now at a time of peace with their Arab neighbors that have joined these Abraham Accords. So they're going to feel confident in rebuilding the temple, knowing that they have the full support of their Arab neighbors via the Abraham Accord agreement. And thus they're going to be able to restart the animal sacrifices and get the temple set up for that man of sin to be able to commit the abomination of desolation when he will sit in the temple of God, self-proclaiming himself to be God and deceiving those that do not know God. And I also have a red heifer update and it looks like the red heifers are going to turn two years old in the summer of 2023 which is the age that qualifies them to be able to be sacrificed so right now we're just waiting for them to turn two years old so that way they can be sacrificed and this is going to happen in the summer of 2023 so it looks like there is a path that is forming for the temple to be rebuilt in israel and this temple is going to be needed in order to fulfill all that is written in the scriptures regarding the end times. Just as Paul said that the man of sin is going to sit in the temple of God, self-proclaiming himself to be God. So therefore, there must be a temple for that man of sin to sit in. And we have Saudi that is saying that the normalization with Israel will happen in time. So these things do take time. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's likely to take many months in order for us to see these things take place. And here's the thing. The majority of Israel 
got the prophecies wrong about the Messiah's first coming. Likewise, most Christians today are deceived and they believe in a seven-year pre-tribulation. But there was a small remnant of Israel that believed the truth about the Messiah and his first coming. Likewise, there are a few Christians that understand the times and know that the Great Tribulation only lasts three and a half years and that we will be raptured at the sixth seal before God's wrath comes down at the first trumpet and that there is no seven-year tribulation period as you hear a lot of folks parrot. This seven-year tribulation period is made up by men. It is unbiblical. There is only three and a half years of Jacob's trouble, according to the Bible. So when it comes to prophecy, it's good to be in the minority sometimes, rather than to go with the crowd and follow the popular belief. Just because most folks believe prophecy has to happen a certain way doesn't mean that they're right. As a matter of fact, the Bible proves that most of the people get prophecy wrong. And we know that what has been is what will happen again, and that there is nothing new under the sun. So pre-trippers are like the modern-day Pharisees and Sadducees that influenced Israel to believe that the Messiah had to come in a certain way, which was false. Thus, they deceived the masses into missing the Messiah, because they did not understand prophecy. They didn't understand the times. But they were very dogmatic about their false interpretations of scripture. Just as the pre-tribbers are very dogmatic about Daniel's 70th week and the rapture being in Revelation chapter 4 and all of the seals being God's wrath, etc. Even though the Bible disagrees with them and there is no biblical proof of a seven-year pre-tribulation, and there is no biblical proof for a seven-year tribulation period, they all have believed the lies of men, just as Israel believed the lies of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And I bet that there were a few truth-seekers that must have read Isaiah 53 2,000 years ago and said, the Messiah first must suffer and bear our sins. But then false teachers came along and they twisted the scriptures to fit their false doctrine, saying things that go against the Bible, like modern-day pre-tribbers do today, by saying things like, we're gone before the man of sin is revealed, even though Paul said the exact opposite, and Paul even told Christians, do not be deceived, that man of sin must be revealed first. But pre-tribbers hold fast to their false doctrines. But just as they missed Christ in the first coming, and they didn't understand that the Messiah had to suffer and die for our sins first, then he would return to fulfill all of the rest of the end times prophecies. Likewise, I guarantee you that most Christians today have it wrong about the seven-year pre-tribulation rapture, which is by far the most popular viewpoint. You hear Christians parrot the exact same thing. Seven-year tribulation. The church isn't mentioned after the third chapter. John being called up is the rapture. The 24 elders are the church. We're not appointed to wrath, therefore we're not appointed to tribulation. 
even though wrath and tribulation are not the same, they still use these verses to defend their viewpoint. Alright, well enough about that. Let's get back into the sudden destruction and the time of God's vengeance that will come upon Jerusalem. Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 17 verses 29 through 32, But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained down fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down and take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. So we know that when Lot fled Sodom, that's when the sudden destruction came upon Sodom, and all the Sodomites did not escape. Likewise, when the Jews flee from the housetops to the mountains, the day when the Son of Man is revealed from heaven at the sixth seal rapture, the day when Jerusalem is surrounded with armies, and the day of the abomination of desolation, this is when the sudden destruction is going to come at the sound of the first trumpet blast from heaven, hail and fire mingled with blood, and it's going to rain down fire from heaven just as it did in the days of Lot. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now we, the church, are going to be raptured. We're going to be taken out before this fire and sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman. And they will not escape, but we will escape because we're not appointed to God's wrath. This is why it is called the rapture, because we are snatched out forcefully. We're removed suddenly from destruction in the blink of an eye. Okay, we're going to be caught up or harpazoed in the Greek. This is a rescue event from God's wrath. Okay, it's God's supernatural wrath. Just as God promised to Abraham that he would not allow his wrath to come down on the earth, if there were 10 or more righteous folks on the earth. And it was actually less because only Lot and his two daughters escaped, which is a total of three people. So it was less than 10. And God still did not allow his wrath to be poured out until Lot and his daughters escaped. So how much more then will God not allow his wrath to come down until his children that are made righteous by the precious blood of his only begotten son Jesus Christ until all that believe in him are safely hid in the place that he prepared for us in his father's house this is why the post-trib position and I shouldn't even call it post-trib because what it really is is it's post-wrath this is why the post-wrath position is even worse than the pre-trib position what it tells me is that these folks that believe in a post-wrath rapture, they do not know the character of God. Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And God will not pour out his wrath on his children. And if Jesus said that he's going to prepare a place for us, and that he would come again to receive us onto himself, then we could take that to the bank. It's a done deal. Isaiah chapter 35 verse 4 says, Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with recompense. He will come and save you. 
Now notice that the day of God's vengeance is the same day he will come and save you, according to the prophet Isaiah. And we know that this saving is the rapture, and we're saved from God's wrath. For God's vengeance is God's wrath. He is going to pay back his enemies with wrath. But first, he will save us by rapturing us to heaven. Then he will pour out his wrath on all of the wicked that dwell on the earth. So then knowing that the rapture happens the same day as God's vengeance, then all we need to know is when does God's vengeance begin? Because that will be the same day as the rapture. And we see God's vengeance beginning in Luke chapter 21, verses 20 through 28. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out. And let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Now did you get that? When the Jews flee to the mountains is when the day of vengeance begins. That means that the rapture happens the day that the Jews flee to the mountains. Okay, just like we just spoke about. The day of God's vengeance is the day of the rapture. When is the day of God's vengeance? Luke 21 just told us it's the time when the Jews flee to the mountains. Back to Luke 21. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And Revelation chapter 11 tells us, that the holy city they shall tread underfoot for forty and two months not seven years there is no seven-year tribulation period this is unbiblical nonsense find me one verse in the bible that is not daniel 9:27, and show me where it even mentions this seven-year tribulation period and daniel 9:27 is a misinterpretation back to luke 21 and there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Notice that all of these great signs begin to happen when the Jews flee to the mountains. That's because it is the start of Jacob's trouble and the great and terrible day of the Lord. Great for those that are saved, terrible for the unsaved. Back to Luke. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. So these verses here are very telling. They reveal a ton of information for those that have eyes to see and ears to hear. 
Jesus just told us what to look for so that we can know for certain when he is coming. But pre-tribbers reject all of these signs and they say that this is when Jesus comes at the Battle of Armageddon. And it's just very sad and it's unfortunate that our brothers and sisters in Christ have been deceived into believing a lie. A lie that robs them of all of the signs of the rapture. When Jesus comes to gather his elect, that is the church, onto himself as eagles gather to a carcass, now I understand why Paul said to the church, do not be deceived. The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ will not come until the man of sin is revealed first. But he knew that folks were going to be deceiving so many Christians. So he told them, remember I told you about all of this? I told you that the man of sin must be revealed before the coming of our Lord Jesus to rapture us to heaven? Why then are you allowing yourselves to be deceived by so-and-so? I'm so glad that he mentioned that in his verse. Do not be deceived. The man of sin must be revealed first. Then the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come to gather us together onto himself at the rapture. Now we see the entire church in heaven for the very first time at the sixth seal in Revelation chapter 7. They are so numerous in size that no man can number them. That is very telling. That means that this group of people can only be the blood-bought church. Every believer that ever existed all together at once before the throne of God beholding his glory, seeing him for the first time face to face, praising and worshiping God in heaven as he wipes away all of our tears and all of our pain and sorrows are gone in a moment. All of our suffering will be gone forever and he's going to make all things new. This is what we're all waiting for, to be with our Lord in heaven, to put an end to all of this wickedness and sin and to bring in everlasting righteousness and peace and for earth to be just as it is in heaven. But this is also why all of the suffering of this present time is not even worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us when our Lord Jesus Christ comes in the clouds to gather together his elect onto himself, just as the eagles gather to a carcass. So shall we be gathered to meet him in the air. And what a glorious day that will be. It will be a great day for us that are saved, but it's going to be a terrible day for those that rejected the love of the truth so that they might be saved. For this reason, it is our duty as lovers of Christ to spread the gospel to all creation because a day is coming when the door to the ark is going to be shut, just as in the days of Noah. The same day that that flood came was the same day that the door to the ark was shut. And the only way to escape is by faith in the only name given to mankind in which we must be saved. And that name is the name that is above all names. That at the name of Jesus, 
every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and the things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father amen so we are not in darkness brothers and sisters our Lord gave us many signs to know when he is coming to gather us to him the false doctrine of imminency ignores all of these signs and it robs Christians of the signs of the coming of the Son of Man and the things that must take place before the rapture Paul told us plainly that the man of sin must be revealed first then Jesus will come and not only Paul but Jesus even tells us when we shall see the abomination of desolation that is when the Jews are to flee from the housetops and that is the day that the Son of Man will be revealed this is the day that the great tribulation begins the time of Jacob's trouble but we shall be saved out of it and just as it is written when Christ who is our life shall appear then shall ye also appear with him in glory and the first time Jesus appears on the earth is at the sixth seal rapture and at the same time the unsaved are hiding from the face of our Lord they're hiding in the rocks and in the caves from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of his wrath is come and who shall be able to stand when the sudden destruction comes upon Jerusalem that is when we will meet Christ in the air on the day of the Lord which is the day of God's wrath it is when God's wrath will come down that is when we go up on the same day and the Bible tells us that God's wrath comes at the sixth seal and not before it pre-tribbers have to accept what the Bible says and stop trying to make things up that are not in the Bible like saying that God's wrath begins when Jesus opens the scroll even though that's not what the Bible says and the Bible does not agree with them they just make things up and I love my pre-trib brothers and sisters I love them dearly but it's very painful to have to hear them teaching such false doctrine and deceiving the masses about the rapture and the timing of our Lord's return robbing Christians of all of the signs of his coming and making things up that are just unbiblical and in doing so they're deceiving many and especially the newborn Christians that don't know the scriptures and they don't know the end times and they just agree with whatever the pastor is teaching without even verifying it with the scriptures because they don't know the Word of God and they don't know prophecy or they don't understand it and these pre-tribbers all just repeat the same verses like parrots they all say the same false doctrine they butcher end times prophecy saying things like the seven-year tribulation period I could go on and on but I'll just leave it at that and I don't even want to get started on the post wrathers that have God pouring his wrath down on his children and they say things like well believers have always suffered what makes us special not understanding the scriptures or God's righteousness and his righteous judgment first off this is not going to be your regular everyday suffering that Christians have endured over the past 2,000 years because Jesus likens this time to great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time no nor ever shall be this is going to be the worst time in the history of the world and the world has had some pretty dark times 
So this tells us it is going to be literal hell on earth. And it literally is. The bottomless pit is going to be opened and Satan and his fallen angels are going to be wrecking havoc on the world for three and a half years. And not only that, there's going to be a supernatural army of 200 million horsemen that are going to be roaming around killing a third part of men by fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone which is issued out of their mouths. And I can go on and on. These post-wrathers have us that are covered with the blood of Jesus Christ being punished with the wicked Christ-rejecting world not understanding that this is God's wrath for the unjust and we are justified. Jesus took all the punishment that we deserved on the cross. Therefore, God is not angry with us that believe in his only begotten son. When God sees us, he doesn't see us and all of our sins and our filthiness. He sees the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, in whom he is well pleased. It is not in God's character to pour his wrath out on the righteous. And we are the righteous, not because of our deeds. We don't have any. All of our deeds are but filthy rags to the Lord. The Lord requires perfection. But it is because of our faith in Jesus Christ, who is our righteousness. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Just as Abraham believed God and his faith was credited for righteousness, and Abraham being the father of faith, so too are we made right with God because of our faith. And when Jesus comes, what did he say that he's going to be looking for? He said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Notice, he didn't say anything else. He only mentioned faith. For by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So Christ is looking for faith, because it is your faith that will save you. And folks that are very self-righteous, and they don't like the message of grace, they want it to be by works, and they insist on bringing up every works verse, they don't understand what the gift of God is. They don't understand that it is a free gift to be received by faith. Now, does that mean that we are to be lawless? By no means. Christ gave us a new law, the law of Christ. That is to love one another as Christ has loved us, for love fulfills all of the law and the prophets and this is how we can identify those that love Christ because they have love for one another we are all one family we are all brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus our Lord and we are all waiting for that blessed hope the glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ to gather us together onto himself that's all for now, brothers and sisters. I'm going to go ahead and end with the gospel. That is that the penalty for sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. And that life is in Jesus Christ that paid the full payment for all of